0: Hello, and welcome to the Alligator Sports Podcast, the independent Alligators podcast for the Sports Desk. My name is Brandon Hernandez, your host, and this week we'll be going into the scores as well as breaking down key games throughout this week in Florida Athletics. So please stay tuned and thank you for listening. The Gators baseball team improved to 10-3 and 3 after a 2-1 and series against the University of Miami. The Hurricanes came into this weekend at number 22 in the nation. And they only ended up taking this Saturday game, which was actually a sellout at the Condren Family Ballpark. A lot of big hits, a lot of crazy turnouts, events. But of course, for Florida baseball, it was probably the most jam-packed weekend they've ever had this season. With me right now is the baseball beat reporter, Topher Adams.
1: Thank you for joining me today. Of course. uh, Pleased to be here. Ethan and I having a lot of fun covering baseball this season. It's been an exciting start, certainly. So
0: you were the one that did the preview for this series. And this was, again, as I mentioned before, a weekend of straight home runs, crazy turnout events. Was this weekend from this series against the Hurricanes, was it anything that you expected from the Gators in this one or was it kind of just a lot of shocks
1: coming up i'd say i'd say it was kind of par for the course you know it's it's kind of what you expect florida is an extremely talented baseball team there are future pros and future high draft picks all over this roster at all kinds of different positions up and down the lineup in the in the pitching staff uh, a lot of premium talent so you know Miami's a very good team by far the best team Florida has played so far this season you know as you said number 22 nationally they've got a handful of future pros on their roster as well very talented team but I think Florida's just a different class of team than someone like Miami Florida showed this weekend that when they play well they are a national power they are one of the best teams in the country and then as far as kind of the atmosphere you kind of hinted at it a little bit I think that was also you know to expect Florida baseball is a very big draw it's a very big deal uh, to a lot of fans in, in the Gainesville area and I, I think you really saw that this weekend the highest attended weekend series mm-hmm. in the history of the new ballpark which has been open for a couple of years now um uh, eight over 8,000 fans on Friday which I believe was the second highest single game attendance uh, ever so, uh, and I got this to be like a big deal, big opponent, uh, local local rival right. Miami. A lot of, a lot of Twitter instigating <laughs> between these two <laughs> fan bases in all sports. So, uh, it, it was really an event, and I think uh, Florida's baseball team uh, delivered.
0: And I mean, again, I mean they definitely did deliver.
1: The Gators ended up winning
0: out the series two to one against the Hurricanes. Their first game Friday they won ten four, second four. Second one they lost that Saturday, fourteen to six. And then Sunday they defeated the Hurricanes. Fourteen to four through eight innings. Um, Throughout this entire Miami series for the Florida Gators, a big topic was their bullpen, their struggles, and then, of course, uh, their way to kind of battle it out at the end of this series. Uh, What was your takeaways of this bullpen?
1: Yeah, I mean, even before this series, the bullpen's really been the only issue for this team because, you know, the lineup, excellent top-end guys, good depth throughout the hitting, the starting rotation is excellent. Weekend, all three weekend starters are really impressive players, but the bullpen's been the issue. I mean, I'll even take it back Wednesday against Jacksonville, completely in control, and then they need to go to the reserves, and <laughs> things start to fall apart with the bullpen. I mean, all three losses, I don't want to blame it all on one individual thing, but, mm-hmm. I mean, at some level, all three losses come down to the bullpen, you know, against South Florida, it was a ninth inning collapse with the bullpen against Jacksonville later down. And then in this game, uh, Hurston Waldrop gets the start, and he's excellent. You know, he's really, really good performance through six innings or so, and then they just don't have the ability to kind of close it out um, in those in-between innings because, you know their closer Brandon Neely's very good, and their starters are really good, but they're still. I mean, Coach 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 Kevin O'Sullivan he even mentioned this in post game a couple of different times already. Mm-hmm. They're just looking for like two innings, like the seventh and eighth inning, <laughs> six outs. They just need to find the right guys for that, and I think that that's still a question. I mean, even today, I'm pretty sure Neely was the first reliever off the bench yeah. or out of the bullpen um, tonight. So. Definitely still a question, and really the only big question. And the crazy part of it is not, it's not for lack of talent or anything. Right. Because Florida recruits an extremely high level. They have a lot of very gifted arms in that bullpen. It's really just a matter of executing in the moment. And we'll see who, who that ends up being. Maybe it's Yoltejeda, the freshman who started a couple of midweek games. He's very good. Okay. Uh, Cade Fisher is another freshman. He was really, really good. Uh, against uh, Miami on Friday, he... Came in, uh, I believe he was the first reliever, and he was the only reliever you know, that game. He was perfect. He was literally perfect in that game. You know, Three innings, nine outs, no fuss. He didn't allow a hit. He didn't walk anybody. He didn't allow a run. He was excellent. So I think if there's an answer to the bullpen struggles, it's going to probably start with Cade Fisher. Mm. Really, really good player. And then there's a couple other guys um, who could work their way into that mix as well.
0: Yeah, and a bullpen, especially in the game of baseball, I mean, that sometimes for a team is really make or break. Yeah. And speaking of break, um, Jack Caglion. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of times where you just look at him at bat and he looked to be the best player on the field no matter who the opponent was. Yeah. And it looks like a lot of riders that follow college baseball agree with him as well uh, as the Florida sophomore, the two-way player, Caglion, Got a National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Player of the Month nod. And that was actually announced on Friday in the afternoon prior of that first game against the Hurricanes. Uh, What's your takeaways from his, just (laughs) overall, uh, his incredible start this season for the Gators? Yeah, I mean,
1: look, there's a lot of really good players on this team. And maybe we'll talk about some more of them later. But Caglione's really stolen headlines this Mm. season. He's just such a... He's just a fun baseball player. He right. he can crush a baseball. He is a pure power hitter. And you look at him, he's huge. He's like six <laughs> five. He's jacked. His swing is super powerful. He looks and like sometimes this gets him in trouble. He'll always he always looks like he wants to just crush the ball. <laughs> and sometimes he'll just have three ugly whiffs. But man, sometimes he'll just turn into one and just crank it out of the out of the ballpark. He is he is an impressive specimen in the batter's box, and then at the, at the same time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: here he is on Sunday as a starting pitcher for Florida. And I didn't, I don't know, I don't have the stats from today off the top of my head, but you know, he was basically a really strong start. I think he allowed one run, um, nine strikeouts, something like that. Like, he's an excellent pitcher. He, high nineties on his fastball. Oh, thank you very much. Full full stats. Six innings. Allowed four hits, one run, one walk, eight strikeouts. Like wow. All at the same time while being one of the na- nation's leaders in home runs. So he is a unique specimen, a unique player and w- one of the best players in the country.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, and the guy from Tampa, Florida. I mean, he's just been phenomenal this year. But again, as you mentioned before, this is a really talented yes. Florida Gators team. What's another player from the Gatorade team that you've seen so far this season that's also kind of added on their name?
1: Onto the yeah, market? I mean, I'm going to give a couple. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat and get a couple. Uh, okay. I, I think it's it would be really unfair to ignore Wyatt Langford. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the top prospects in the country, one of the best players in all college baseball. Um, and he's delivering. I mean, all of his stats are incredible. <laughs> he, I mean, he's right near Caglione in power hitting, but he's also a complete fielder in the outfield. He's a really good, just contact hitter. He's got good plate vision. He's just a complete star. And then a guy who's really come onto the scene, like all of a sudden, kind of showed up. You know, he was fighting for playing time in the oh. in the preseason, but is a freshman second baseman, Cade Kerland. I mean, he is just such a pure hitter. He has a hit in every game he started this season.
0: Yeah,
1: he's batting over, like just under four fifty for the season. He he's just an excellent, excellent hitter. Um, I don't really have a great analysis of his defense. He hasn't been he hasn't been called into action too many times a second base, but he's made a couple of nice plays. So he's really just a strong all around baseball player. He's been batting lead off because right. uh, the team's original leadoff hitter, Michael Robertson, another young player, has played well. Uh, he got injured against Cincinnati. So Curlin comes in uh to bat leadoff and the last week or so, him in that role, he's been excellent. Yeah. He he is delivered, he's been to the task, he gets on base, he's already got five home runs <laughs> yeah. at and the same time. And one of the craziest thing about it too, I mean, let
0: alone the Sunday uh, matchup they had against the Hurricanes, as I mentioned before the Gators won fourteen of four. He actually got a run three hits at a five
1: at bat to like, he's a he's such an efficient baseball player. he's just really effective and true freshman you know the thing about him is he he actually enrolled early Mm -hmm. he could be a senior in high school right now and instead he's out here and he's a real contributor for florida baseball right away
0: yes and also another thing because again this is still with baseball for gator baseball but it also does bleed into football starting up here uh here in gainesville uh max brown um there was some photos as well of videos where he's at You know, the first uh, day of spring training and he's out there kind of working out with Billy Napier and the other guys and the quarterback, and he goes and rush <laughs> to the baseball field, and you see him in full uniform. Um, I was just curious because, Topher, you're also uh, covering football as well. You did a lot of great coverage for football yes. covering the team last year. Uh, what's your takes on Max Brown on not only kind of – what we might see if he might even show up for some games this year for baseball, but also kind of Max Brown and the football team in
1: spring. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's always fun. I think uh, that's one of the coolest parts of college sports is multi-sport athletes. And, you know, there's a rich history of those, um, you know, throughout. Uh, the, for whatever reason, this is the one that comes to my head, but Jameis Winston, when he was a <laughs> Heisman <laughs> Trophy-winning quarterback at Florida State, was also... A pitcher on the baseball team for a while and uh, russell wilson played baseball in college and uh, he got drafted so it's always fun it's 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 a a cool neat little thing uh, especially for fans who are really fans of the school and not of specific sports it's cool to kind of see that Mm -hmm. cross-pollination as far as him you know he's definitely (laughs) deep on the depth chart for the baseball team but Mm -hmm. you know it's hard not to be that team is is extremely extremely loaded uh, but he was a good baseball player at Oklahoma. He he was a highly rated guy um, at, at his high school in Tulsa. And then the, from the football perspective, though, you know obviously uh, spring practice starts started this weekend. Um, you know he's a he he's a quarterback. He redshirted this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very open position. Um, Graham Mertz from Wisconsin uh, is the kind of the the favorite to be the starter and kind of earn the bulk of the minutes. If there's a favorite at this point. But, you know, Max Brown, just, you know, if he plays well, he develops well, you know, he's kind of a late-rising prospect. Um, as a high schooler, he kind of came off the radar. I think he was originally committed to, like, Central Michigan or oh. something like that before Billy yeah. Napier decided to take a chance on him. So, you know, if he's kept that upward development, you know, maybe. Maybe he's a guy to watch for. You know, he's a young player. He's got a lot of tools. Um, and yeah. But but really to the main point, is it's, it's, I, th- I just personally find that, uh, Multi-sport athletes, it's just such a fun, such a fun thing. Sport. It's such a uniquely college sports thing, I, I love it.
0: The Florida Gators, after a successful 2-1 series victory against the Hurricanes, will now stay in Gainesville to go up against another in-state rival, the Florida Atlantic Owls, on Tuesday and Wednesday, March 7th through March the 8th. At the Coltrane Family Ballpark, Topher, thank you again for joining the podcast, and as always, thank you for your reporting. Of course, thank you so much. Glad to be here. The Florida Gators men's basketball team finished off regular season play against the Louisiana State Tigers at the Stephen C. O'Connell Center, March fourth. They ended up defeating LSU seventy-nine to sixty-seven behind freshman guard Riley Kugel for the Florida Gators. He had twenty-one points and led the team in scoring, and as well, he ended up getting away with a weekly accolade for his first ter- time at UF, being called the SEC Freshman of the Week, March the 6th. And the day following after that, March 7th, on Tuesday, Riley Kugel earned a place on the SEC All-Freshman team. Falling right behind him is graduate student forward Colin Castleton. He was named the first-team All-SEC and SEC All-Defensive team and got a national accolade laud towards USA Today, who called them Defensive Player of the Year. Colin Kastner led the Gators in scoring, blocks, rebound, and just about every other category you can really think of. Colin Kastenham himself, who got injured on February the 15th against Ole Miss, he will miss the rest of this year. However, he still told the media that he remembers fondly of this year and that his time as a Gator will always be with him. The Florida Gators, still not done, however, done with regular season play, but not done with the season now going to postseason play, as now they'll prepare for the SEC tournament. On March 9th, their first game will go against the Mississippi State Bulldogs Thursday at 1 p.m. The Bulldogs, last time they faced off the Gators, was actually in Mississippi State's house, and they ended up taking A loss. The Florida Gators won 61-59 in a close one where we saw Colin Castleton and the last minutes of play on the Bulldogs' last possession, blocking multiple shots and contesting everything in front of the rim and including denying Tolo Smith and DJ Jeffries from getting anything done. The two pair make up for close to 30 minutes a game each. Tolo Smith, the leading scorer for this Bulldogs team with 15.4 points per game, is looking to get itself started. But Todd Golden will try everything that he can in his arsenal of his death roster to get it done. Todd Golden says that he will get multiple guys in different varieties of players onto him defensively to make sure that he doesn't get started on the right foot. The Florida Gators themselves, especially with Riley Cool's recent play, where he's been averaging 20 points a game in the last three games. And 12.6 against SEC play, which marks the most by a Florida Gator freshman since Bradley Beal posted 14.4 points per game in the 2011-2012 season. Kugel says that the team has a lot of confidence in hand going to this week. And as well, enough confidence where they feel, and as I quote Kugel, that they should be able to make a run for the tournament. And that there should be no doubt why not to win it, according to Kugel. That he told the media on Tuesday. The Florida Gators themselves, as I mentioned before, finished off this season 16-15. and 15. My name is Brand Hernandez, the host of the podcast, as well as the basketball beat writer. Well, one of two basketball beat writers. Uh, Jackson Rays is on the road right now as we speak, going to Nashville, Tennessee for the SEC tournament. So make sure you definitely follow his coverage on our Twitter as well, of, of course, on his own page. Um, but... For the Florida Gators themselves, it's a tough road. It really is a tough road. If they do end up winning out against the Mississippi State Bulldogs on March the 9th, they would end up finding themselves against the number one team in the SEC tournament, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And that game was a blowout lopsided victory that saw the Crimson Tide win it 97-69 to against the Florida Gators. So for Florida themselves, if they do win out the SEC tournament, they do make it to the NCAA National Tournament. In other words, March Madness. And in the month of March, anything goes. We've seen players who have just shined for these random colleges that beat out top talents such as a Duke or North Carolina. We've seen crazy teams that have just been on a Cinderella story. The, the Florida Gators... Will they be on a Cinderella story? That's the biggest question in Gainesville for a lot of fans following this program. And I do have to let you know right now, as I did follow this team throughout the majority of this season, this is a team that did beat out number two, Tennessee. This is a team that was very close against a Kentucky squad. And this was, again, a Kentucky squad that they faced twice. Their first game that was much more close, they ended up losing that one 72-67 and then... The next one, February the 22nd, they ended up losing it at the O-Dome by eight. But either way, the Florida Gators themselves, being against conference play, being against familiar opponents, it's, it's still, you can't say that they're definitely out. There are a lot of people that are saying, and specifically in the realm of the uh, ESPN bracketology, they're saying that at least seven or so teams in the SEC will most likely make March Madness. The Florida Gators finish off their year with a 16-15 record, 500 against conference play. They're going against the Mississippi State team who finished, yes, 20-11. However, 8-10 and 10 against conference play. Mississippi State, they're not known for a team that could really dominate against the SEC. And the Florida Gators have stood strong in a lot of these games. So the Gators have a real chance. And again, this is a team that they beat last time they met. The Florida Gators beat them out. on January the 21st at Mississippi State. So they have a real chance in Nashville to go against this team. Now, what I also did here across on the Twitter threads, uh, Florida Basketball Hour, a podcast that's dedicated to covering the Florida Gators, did say from a UF source that if there was an NIT bid available for the Florida Gators, they would accept it. And again, that will come with what their argument is after the SEC tournament. But the Florida Gators looking to extend their way through postseason and potentially either win the SEC or potentially for an NIT bid. This has been the Alligators Sports Desk Podcast. My name is Brian Hernandez and thank you for joining. And we hope to see you on the next podcast. Thank you.